If a Christian doesn't pray about heaven, that's a remarkable lack. Who ever heard of exiles not thinking about home? Now, I said, that's exactly what the rosary is. We are in a new moment of time and a new moment of space. So we keep saying to our Lord and to the Blessed Mother, I love you, I love you. That's the Holy Rosary. That's the Catholic faith. The whole Catholic faith is in it. Well, I want to welcome you all to another Daily Decade, your Rosary on the Road. We're back for the Friday to wrap up this series. I'm actually quite terrified it's going to be completely anticlimactic uh, because I'm struggling to come up with something to, uh, to talk about. And it's one of those things that happens, you know, you come into a, a situation where you want to pray and you just, the, the spirit's not there, so to speak, you know. And uh, we've got, uh, today's an open day, uh, so we don't have any requiems. Uh, I do have a prayer request here that just came in this morning from uh, the young lady that runs the Alethea uh, Xenoplotica uh, telegram channel. Uh, her father is apparently in a car wreck. Uh, he seems to be, well, he, she says he was in a car wreck and he went to the hospital uh, with some pain afterwards so uh, very vague and unclear but I thought a prayer for perfect healing might not be in uh, might might be in order might not be misplaced out of place there that's what I'm looking for I hope I'm not stumbling over my words all all day today but uh, I thought that might be appropriate uh, so we're gonna pray for him uh, and if you have any prayer requests particularly if you have requiem prayers or illnesses or anything like that uh, I encourage you to send those in to Daily Decade Requests at Proton.me, that's Decade, D-E-C-A-D-E, -E, requests in the plural, at Proton.m for Michael, E for Elizabeth. You can also drop a line over at Telegram. Uh, on Sundays, there's an Oremus post that you can respond to, usually goes out at about 6 a.m. on Sunday, uh, 6 a.m. Eastern Time, that is, on Sunday that you can respond to, or you can drop a line on gab or on post uh, you can also uh, reply to any one of the posts that's made on exodus americanus or uh, americana.org where the daily decade is syndicated or on our, my website which is pray the rosary every day .wordpress.com. all those different ways that you can get in touch with me and uh, feel free to uh, uh, to convey something beyond just a prayer request you can also offer a little bit of criticism of the show, anything that you particularly like, uh, words of encouragement, always welcomed, uh, anything like that, feel free to reach out to me and I'll do my best to get back to you. Um, not everybody who writes in uh, I, gets an immediate response, but I do try to make sure that everybody gets a response at some point, even if it takes some time. Now then, all of that having been said, let's go ahead and get our rosaries out, put ourselves in the presence of God and pray uh, for uh, uh, for this young lady, this uh, this servant of God, uh, who has been uh, has been injured uh, in a uh, in a car in a car accident. 
in nomine Patris, et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Credo in Deum, Patrem Omnipotentum, Creatore Celi et Terre, et in Jesum Christum, Filius Eis Unicum, Dominum Nostrum. Qui conceptus est de Spiritus Sancto, Natus ex Maria Virgine, Passus sub Potio Pilato, Crucifixus Mortus et Sepultus, Descendidan Inferos. Tertia die resurrexida mortuis, ascendida celos, serida dexteram dei patri omnipotentis, inde venturi est judicare vivos et mortuos. Credo in spiritum sanctum, sanctum ecclesiam catholicam, sanctorum communionum, remissionum peccatorum, carnis resurrectionum, et vitam eternam. Amen. Pater Noster, qui es in celis, sanctificator nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fia voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra, panum nostrum quotidianum da nobis hodie, et dividi nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dominimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nostra malo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, Benedicta tua mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tua mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tua mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Gloria Patri, et Filio, et Spiritui Sancto, sicur erat in principio, et nunc et semper, et in saecula saeculorum. Amen. Quentum mysterium dolorosum, crucifixio Domini Nostri, Jesu Christi. Pater Noster, qui es in celis, sanctificator nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fia voluntas tua, sicur in celo et in terra, panam nostrum quotidianam da nobis hodie, et de midi nobis debita nostra, sicur et nostra minimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tua mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tua mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tua mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tua mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, 
Ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. Gloria Patria, Filio et Spiritui Sancto, sicura rarum principio, et nunc et semper et in secula seculorum. Amen. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordia, vita dulcedo et spes nostre, salve. Ad te clamos exudis filia evi, a te suspiramus, gementes et flentes, in hac lacrimarum vale. Ea ergo, advocata nostra, ilos tuas misericordes oculos ad nos converte, et Jesum benedictum fructum ventris tui, nobis postoc exilium ostende. O Clemens, O Pia, O Dulci Virgo Maria. Ora pro nobis, Sancta Dei Genetrix, ut digni officiam or permissionibus Christi. Oremus. Deus, cuius in agilitus per vita mortem et resurrectionem suam nobis salutis eterni, premia comparabit, concide quesimus, ut heic mysteria sacratissimo Beate Maria Virginis Rosario recolentes, en imitemur quod continent et quod promitunt asequamur, pariundum Christum Dominum nostrum. Amen. Domini Sancte, Pater Omnipotens, Eterni Deus, qui benedictionis Tue, gratiam egris infundendo corporibus, facturam Tuam multiplici pietate, custodias ad vinvocationem Tui nominis, benignus assiste, urfamonum Tuum, ab abertudine liberatum et sanitate donenatum, dextera Tua erigas virtute confirmas, Potestate tueris, atque ecclesia tue sancte cum omni desiderata, prosperitate restituas. Per Christum Dominum nostrum. Amen. Sancte Michael Archangeli, defende nostrum prelio, contra nequisium insidias diaboli esto presidium, imperadili Deus, suplices deprecamor, 
tu que princeps milite celesti, satanam aliosque spiritus malignos, qui ad perditionem animarum pervagantur in mundo, divina virtute, in infernum detrude. Amen. Sacritissimum cor Jesu, miserere nobis. Sacritissimum cor Jesu, miserere nobis. Sacritissimum cor Jesu, adveniat regnum tum. In nomine Patris, Fidi et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Now today we conclude another series. It brings us around to the to the point of all of this. So I've always said I'm really glad that the way, the way that this is structured. I didn't plan it out this way, but the way that I structured uh, everything, uh, ending every week on a sorrowful mystery, means that every series ends on the crucifixion, and that makes sense since that's what we're aiming for. That's the the focal point. The resurrection is important, but the resurrection comes as a result. It comes afterwards. It's the sign that's pointing back to the actual action of our salvation. Our salvation takes place on the cross. The cross is Christ's throne. The cross is his whole uh, reason for coming down to us. And so, necessarily, uh, the cross occupies a central place for all of us in our lives. Everything that we do is built around the cross, or should be built around the cross, and what the cross means to us. I was uh, in a discussion recently about the theology of the cross, and there is some debate over exactly what took place on the cross. Now, normally, this isn't a theological podcast and I'm a layman which means that in the Catholic Church I have absolutely no teaching authority whatever and I endeavor whenever I stray into something that might be heretical to make it very clear that I'm interested in nothing that contradicts the teaching of the church so I have to put the disclaimer before any theological discussion uh, just by saying all of that it seems the responsible thing to do I'm not the person to be teaching things. I, I suppose a, a layman can read directly from the catechism, and that's about as much teaching as he can do. Uh, everything else depends very much on those that are placed in authority over us. You know, rather like the centurion that goes to Christ, for I am a man also, having uh, men subject to me. And I say to one, come, and he cometh. I say to another, go, and he goeth. I say to, uh, to another, do this, and he doth it. It's the expression of where authority comes from. The centurion, when he approaches Christ, recognizes that Christ, by doing miracles, is acting on the authority that he possesses uh, by virtue of his relationship with God. Now, the, the centurion may not be completely clear, being a pagan, on exactly what that relationship is, but he at least sees and understands that there is a relationship, something that the Jews did not see. This is why Christ says, Amen, Amen, I say to you, I have not seen such a faith, no, not in Israel. So, when we understand our authority, or, or our the fact that where authority comes from, necessarily it sort of trickles down. Rather, uh, it passes through multiple uh, steps in order to reach us. 
And so we accept and receive authority from those above us. There's really no strict egalitarianism in the faith in this regard. Uh, and so teaching authority itself is something that must be conferred by a higher power. Laymen don't get that because we chose the lay life. Now that was all a very long way of prefacing. I had to think for a moment about what I was prefacing. The discussion that I had about what happens on the cross. There is, I think, a popular misunderstanding about exactly what happened on the cross and furthermore what the church historically and traditionally has taught happened on the cross because you have a lot of people running around with different ideas. In the early church, there was a popular belief, which has now been condemned, I think by just about everybody, I might be wrong about that, that, society, that the world and humanity was owned by the devil as a result of original sin, and that Christ had to purchase us from the devil uh, in the way that one purchases a slave to free him. And therefore, the death on the cross was a debt paid to the devil for our freedom. Now, anyone who understands the infinite and incomprehensible and uh, total power and nature of God understands why this, which is called ransom theory, is wrong. The idea that God should be subject in any way to the, the first rebel and the first sinner, uh, the, the uh, chief of all the damned angels, uh, is, is absurd on its face. God doesn't owe the devil any debt at all. In fact, God, by virtue of being God, owes no one anything. That's the, that's sort of comes with the package. Now there is another very related idea whereby Christ is paying a debt of honor to God. And this is the correct understanding. Uh, this is uh, what's called satisfaction that appears in the writings of St. Anselm of Canterbury. St. Anselm talks a bit about ransom theory and condemns it, more or less. Uh, and he gets to the, the general theory of what's uh, the very fancy words, penal substitutionary atonement. Uh, the idea that Christ is atoning for our sinfulness by standing in for us and accepting our punishment. That's what those words mean. Satisfaction, as St. Anselm and St. Thomas Aquinas articulates this as well, is slightly different. Uh, how, how do I put this? I'll go back to the very beginning of the whole thing and start from there. In the beginning, God created man. Man, through disobedience and refusal to repent for that disobedience and accept responsibility, permanently scarred himself and put upon himself the curse of original sin. The reason why this curse accumulated upon him was because he had done dishonor of an infinite nature to God who is himself infinite and so any dishonor by sin is likewise an infinite offense 
a single mortal sin is enough to damn a man to hell forever. Because of the infinite nature of every offense against God. Only, now, when you uh, do a wrong, destroy something, you have to, in order to restore it, you have to make it right. You have to uh, establish some kind of equal payment or replacement. So you, 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 you either replace the broken thing or you give the amount of money that replaces the, the broken thing and that way the thing is restored. Now it's not the original thing and so that, that wound always exists, but you restore what has gone wrong. Now any finite thing, that's easy to do. Smash somebody's windshield, you replace the windshield. You, know, you, uh, you, you, you burn some, somebody's house burns down, you replace the house and all that was in it as, as much as, as humanly possible. God, however, is an infinite being. He's infinite, he's incomprehensible, he's transcendent. Uh, he is beyond being itself. He is the font from which all things flow. An offense against a being of that nature and quality can only be made right by a, an act a satisfactory act done by one and with one that is equal to the offended party and the offense itself. Jesus Christ offers himself in perfect willingness and perfect selflessness on behalf of all mankind. This is why he says, I will be raised up and gather all to myself. Because it is not just him that is crucified, but it is, but it is through him all humanity that suffers this punishment in such a way that they might repent because you, know, you kill somebody. It's, you know, God could punish all of us by killing us tomorrow. We all deserve death. But if we were, he were to do that, there would be no way for us to pay that debt back. Our death would, is insufficient to the payment of the debt, first of all. And secondly, there is no way for us to enjoy the result of that reparation. Christ, on the other hand, because he is God and he is man, and this is why it's so important that Christ is both fully God and fully man. Christ could offer himself perfectly completely and infinitely. He could mount the cross and die a humiliating death as an offering, as a, an act of penance that paid the debt of honor, that replaces the dishonor that is done to God through sin. He satisfies the wrong committed. Adam, Adam's refusal to repent until after he saw the threat, this means that he loved God insufficiently, can only be answered by one who loves God completely and perfectly. And no one loves God 
completely and perfectly in the way that he loves himself because he is love. So we see that God is love. Well, if God is love, that means that his expression of love, his the manifestation of his love for himself is himself. He is his own manifestation of the love which he holds towards love itself, which is him. So that might be a little bit confusing, but hopefully that gets the point across. Jesus Christ is the only one who can love God with such totality that it not only meets but exceeds the love that Adam should have felt towards God that would have prevented him from sinning or having sinned would have caused him to put himself aside and accept responsibility for his sin prior to being cursed and threatened. Adam does eventually turn back to God, but he needs to be cursed and threatened first. So Adam is truly our first father. We, because we all imitate that. We all follow him in that trait. And so Jesus Christ pays this debt of honor to God. He does the honor to God that satisfies the need for God to be worshipped by man. And in so doing, he takes death, which is the curse that is placed upon us, and it is the curse that we cannot escape. And he turns it into this great gift. I believe it's St. John Chrysostom that actually says that, talks about Christ uh, changing our curse into our blessing. Because that's what he does on the cross. Through sacrificing himself as the complete representative of all humanity, because he carries all humanity in himself, his death makes all death full restoration to our created state. Even purgatory, which is a place of great pain, ultimately results in our restoration. And so the curse that is placed on man by death is turned to a blessing. And it is because of this satisfaction on the part of Christ that we are able to enjoy the full fruits of what God has always intended for us as his as the crown of his creation and so it is an act of love and not an act of anger that sees Christ on the cross and it's an act of love and rather than an act necessarily of judge of justice or judgment that sees Christ Christ's sacrifice received by God. God offers himself to himself in such a way as to create this perfect state for man, this gateway, this, this clear, well-lit path that leads to the heavenly kingdom, which is what God has always intended for us. It is 
a perfect restoration through effort on our part uh, to be good Christians, of course. But it is a full restoration on God's part, maybe even a slight expansion of his intended blessings for Adam and Eve in the garden. And when we contemplate the crucifix, we should contemplate all the things that we ought to do to take full advantage of that so that in the end we do enjoy what God intends for us in his love and in his mercy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The moon is the symbol of Our Lady. The moon is for those in darkness. And I think in a special way for sinners. So that if we but look to her, who is the moon, and derives all light from the sun, they would never fall into an abyss. Now this is the rosary.